that night there was a greater urgency in the haze. They pressed their convoluted message scripts, the purest practice beat my ears it had to swallow. Vomiting it through the world's radio transmitters. Kinda flipped a switch in the adults, so parents began placing stove on stove to keep the schools heated. Tottering towers of wood burners rose up out of the landscape. Children forced to sweat at the altar of learning day and night. Word sums drilled facts into them with ever-increasing insistence until it became only individual letters, numbers, then flashes of shaped color pressed into their faces with what looked like a waffle iron. I can't take any sort of holiday without something oddball going on. Yet it stopped when the communications were cut. Well, I tripped on the wire getting off the sun lounger, unplugging it, took the credit and the shuttle bus back to the studio complex. I'm a co-worker, something spat on the return ride, screaming me out of a flash fire sleep I'd only just ignited into. I still had some time before I'd charge again for writing Anna's screenplay, so I spent the day perusing through my little basket of misunderstandings. Sure, sure, that'd cook. I thought, holding up the times I'd mistaken writing words for a meaningful life. Spent some of a gentle stroll I was old, in the fresh vegetables looking for tortoises. You see, they wrap themselves in the spinach sleep blankets I grow. Found one that afternoon, catatonic, bathed in the seasoned pink light. Switch pauses are told to an infrastructure speed spot busting. 
is 18 patches to whatever city they left to, be tending each one all day and night, without anyone coming or going. Another hatch, number 19, found me chasing the first remarkable find, and I stepped on the edge and out of my city. Those indeterminable years squeezed behind me. Dressed in my finest, I sunned away at night. Was it a game or design? Only perfection sensed independence, as so something saw a new rider opening, that hatch 19, and bound off, escaping through that small door that housed an underworld yet intoxicating city. Briefly turning back, it looked for me as though I was leaving a catacomb. People assuming the position, was still alive, their bones would be found in. Nothing arrived from the life of the way from that place. I was moving against the flow of everything I passed. Perhaps they were drawn to that point I had recently bolded from by some potency. 
no, I only step on the edge and out of the city, that anemic city. Looking for accuracy somewhere in there, they'll trap by morsels on hooks, but have I sense independence? Plea books are perceptions beyond awareness, at arm's length, desks to start walking towards something, then bright opening a design on a distant billboard, pacing the first remarkable find. Until I chanced upon a small hatch, a thought task. Is there something locked behind? I had felt the heaviness in my pocket, crawling from the outside, I made out the shape of a key sewn into the lining and, rolling it out of a tear in the bottom of the coat, it clicked into the lock. Is there really nothing inside? Are the echoes released by the creeping hinges, it? Or an alarm for what is to follow? she exclaimed, smiling. Jeez, those sounds, I'll never forget. Sound one. She pressed the tape deck button. That's a loop of echo digestion, I said. Lucky guess. Sound two. Wet hands clapping. Fair enough. Sound three. Sounds like an audience of kids, barely audible, eating lunch while exploring the slow explosion they'd set in motion ten years previous, unfolding in the school's American-style canteen. 1950s, if I'm not mistaken. Some years you got there, sunshine. She ended the whole show-and-tell with a rendition of Goodbye, Body Ham, forever here in spirit. Played that at my mum's funeral, I shrugged. Must be watching over me. I burn up some situations real good. I'd been at the money, so every night people partied at my expense. Kindred spirits, or so they said. Mind you, your vibration's inept, she spat. I'd read that place like some two-bit rolled-up pulp trash dropped out of a back pocket. It's called Unlocking Practice Speak. That's my game. I barked over the VHS of some kinetic eye flick called Screams Feel Hungrier. Grainy on the wall of ten cracked TV screens. Seen it a thousand times or more on twelve one-thousand-foot canvas walls of my niece's wedding. All right, all right. I need stories, people to talk, I said. You from some film studio? Do yoga? She quipped. I nodded twice. That proper name appeared overnight on those pants, she said, pointing at some framed underwear above the bar. I'd seen the wider games going on, not just in this dive. No point in lying on my part. 
What are you dancing around it all for, I questioned. That's not the story. Now listen, this exploding turtle, remember? He was a small-time thief, a tortoise, in fact, I think, scales the outside of your external staircase. The haze slowed his thoughts. Those obsessions he's assembled of a world where there was nothing beneath him, just ephemeral patterns of celestial silk. It was all the same body to him, yet his hit the sidewalk and swirled out from the epicenter. Fine flecks caught in gossamer, shells spinning on cracked paving slabs. She looked unnerved. Or was it a spider scaling the bathtub? I remember now. It was a small-time tartar thief. Stole one resting in spinach from a cottage garden. Went for his weekly bath next to the surgery staircase by the hatch propped open using the doctor's slumbering body. One slept, one bathed. That's until the haze leaked from the domain of the sleeper slipped into the other's clothes. Once the swap was made, they played catch outside with our TARDIS friend, splashed it up the wall like Tommy Quackers. Her teeth bit against her wrist points. My armpits were frenzied, crying out a warning about the whole bar that was queuing up to constrain me. Distracted, her hand shot out and crushed my mind. You overwrought, carrot-topped coward, get out of my bar!'